to another episode of the Retro Captacular Podcast, where each month we continue our search for the best bad movies on the planet Earth. I'm your host, Aaron, and I am joined, as always, by Matt. Hello. Hey. Hey. Hi. Hey. Hi. Hey, what's up? Hello. Not much. What's up with you? Oh, you know, just watched a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't have to talk about that yet. Okay. Um... <laughs> What's uh what's what's new with you? What's going on? What's happening? What's what's the haps? Oh, I just watched a show. Oh yeah, tell me about the show. Y'all seen, y'all seen Midnight Mass? I have seen Midnight Mass. Oh wow! I watched the episode, the last episode last night. Oh, just last night. Just Ooh, last night. It exciting. is fresh. Um, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, should we just spoil it for spoilers? Uh, there's time codes in the description. Beauty. If you don't want it to be spoiled, you got three, two one spoilers vampires oh my god there's vampires <laughs> <laughs> oh it was so good though it was honestly like to have this like m- like this vampire story and like no one ever says vampire that's never brought up yeah that's not the like what it's about that's not like a thing in people's minds but just because we as viewers at this point know so much about vampires we got it mm-hmm. and Honestly, like it's it's a common thing in in horror stuff that like when you see the monster, you're no longer scared of the monster. But they show us the vampire in like it's what, a episode cool three or four, too. like pretty early on, I think. Yeah, I want to say episode f- three. Yeah, yeah, and then like, but there's still so much tension because you don't know what's gonna happen. And honestly, this show was really good. Like one of my favorite things about it was just how little I could tell what was gonna happen. I was not able to call the things that went down like basically at all like we have like our main character basically you know there's a lot of different characters Mm -hmm. obviously kind of an ensemble cast i think but the main character is is riley he's like our character he's just coming back to the island we're kind of seeing it through his eyes yeah and he gets fucking killed (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah the uh, like end of episode five or six something like that yeah so it's like close to the end um it's a seven episode limited series on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I guessed vampires pretty early. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, because the first episode they're talking about like an albatross or like a giant bat or something following people. That's right. And you see like some glowy eyes in the forest oh, at one yeah. point, and I'm kind of going like. Huh? Oh, yeah? You called that right away? And then I think in episode two, someone goes into, like, a, a haunted shack, and you hear, like, a screeching kind of sound, and I'm going, like... Oh, the ha- the shack? Yeah, with, like, the door yeah. swings open, and then the person's hearing their own voice repeated back to them. Mm-hmm. That was this... Because you see the glowy eyes, like, low to the ground, mm-hmm. and you can kind of see something hunched, and then it stands up straight, and it's so fucking tall. I... Oh, I got so many chills. Yeah, the reason, like, the thing that, like, with it being super tall, that kind of threw me off. I was like, oh, maybe it's not a vampire. But, like, everything's seeming vampire-y from that point. But then, yeah, I love the um, the episode where we find out what happened to uh, the priest. Um, you know, so the, the this new priest arrives on this island. It's a, it's a fishing community island. They, you know, there's one boat that you know comes and goes from the island but like that's it otherwise you're you're pretty much uh you know trapped on this little island um and yeah so this new priest arrives on the island and he's going like oh yeah you know uh 
Monsignor Pruitt is uh, is not well. He's in the hospital on the mainland. Um, and uh, I'll be I'll be filling in for him. Yeah, it's just temporary. It's just temporary. I'll be filling in for him until he gets better. Uh, and then by episode three, you see what happened to Monsignor Pruitt when he was in Jerusalem. He like wanders into this cave during a sandstorm and that's when he sees a full-on like nine foot tall nosferatu yeah pale white bat wing looking uh vampire that bites him and gives him his blood and he heals and reverts back into the young priest that we've seen on the island this whole time which is like super super cool yeah that was that was <laughs> the only thing that i called was that he was yeah that he he showed up and i said to mackenzie's like that's totally a young monsignor pruitt and she was like what i was like i guarantee you it is i don't know why i called that but i definitely did huh. interesting yeah i didn't call that um but yeah it, it, there was a weird thing that I noticed where I'm like, why did he get all these young actors and put them in old age makeup? Oh, like, surely you could just get age appropriate actors. Like I get that you like working with some of these people. Um, cause like the dad was the same guy that was the dad in Hill house. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, I think he had worked with the, the doctor's mom, I think had been in something. Yeah. She looked really familiar. Elsa. I know she was in the movie starry eyes, but he didn't have anything to do with that. I think he, it, she might have been in one of his films. It's not coming to me. But, um, you know, I'm like, he, I'm like, I get that you kind of like, you know, this stable of actors. But, like, do I think, why just get someone in their, like, 50s if that's what the, you know, age is supposed to be? Get someone who's in their 70s or 80s if that's what the age is supposed to be. Like, why are you putting this woman in horrible... Like the the mother with dementia in particular, yeah, she was old age makeup is horrible because yeah, she's like twenty nine. Yeah, it was it was noticeably a lot, and yeah. I did think that was weird. But then, once I had like convinced myself that that was a young Monsignor Pruitt, then all of a sudden I it clicked. I was like, oh, she's in old age makeup because she's gonna get younger. They're just gonna like get him. younger. Yeah, yeah. That kind of after that episode where he like de-aged, I'm like, oh, that's what's gonna happen. Yeah. Um. But yeah, in terms of like stuff that Mike Flanagan has done, I think this is like by far my favorite thing. Yeah, the, uh, uh, hands hands down. I think I still like Haunting of Hill House a little bit more myself because I just I love it so much, so enjoyable. But Midnight Mass close second. He's, it was he's, phenomenal. Yeah. So well told and so tense. Yeah, and he he's on the heater right now for sure. And like someone asked me, they're like, "Is it scary? Like, is it?" Like, is it like a horror show? And I was like, no. Right? Someone asked me that about Bly Manor as well. And I was kind of like, uh, Bly Manor more so. Like, yeah, more so than Midnight Mass. But yeah. still, at the same time, it's like, like the point is not that there's horror. That there's yeah. horror. Like, you don't, you know, like you watch it being like, hey, there's going to be a crap ton of jump scares. Yeah. Like, if you have a lot of religious trauma, like if you're a lapsed Catholic, terrifying. Yes. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of like religious persecution triggering going on oh yeah for sure it's difficult to watch yeah um yeah 
<laughs> I mean, I think we can all agree that the worst character was uh, Bev. Bev, thank you. Yes. Um, yes. She reminded me a lot of. Have you ever seen The Mist? Uh, Stephen King movie. There's like monsters in the mist. Oh no! You stay inside the supermarket. Anyways, there's I, th- another... I thought you were going to talk about the the video game and book series. No, by that's Miller. just mist. Yeah, um, the mist is a Stephen King thing. Um, but yeah, there's another character in that that's like a religious zealot. Oh. Like you know, is preaching like, oh, this is the end times will of God bullshit. Woof. And uh, yeah, she reminded me a lot of that, and I was like, oh, I can't wait to see her die horribly. And we get to see it twice, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved at the end when, you know, they've burned all the buildings and the sunrise is coming and there's nothing that's going to stop them all from being incinerated. And everyone in the congregation, everyone on the island has um, accepted their fate and they're singing a hymn. And she's just like on the beach frantically trying to dig a hole. Yeah, she just full-on cracks yeah. in the face of death. Yeah. Which is funny, too, because just down the beach um, is um, Ali and uh, Sharif yeah. praying to Allah um, and making their peace with, with what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And there she is just, like, screaming and digging at the sand. <sighs> so I guess Sharif bleeds out. Yeah, 100%. He done got shot a bunch. Yeah. And yeah, so he he dies just before the sun comes up, it looks like. Yeah. He's like the only one that doesn't get turned. Oh, uh, and and the doctor who... Right. She spits oh, out. Oh, that moment is so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. It's it was, a really good show. It was it's phenomenal. Really um, I know Mike Flanagan has like four more shows in the works at Netflix, so... Oh wow! Is that, um, is that what you meant when you said he's on a heater? Well, I just mean like he's been straight, you know. Oh, he's he's hot stuff. He's yeah. That's if if a you know baseball player is on a heater, that means they've been hitting. Oh, okay, so this is not a term that I'm familiar with. Yeah. So if someone's on a heater. It's in, good. In my mind, I was like, is that like are they in the hot seat? Like, is are no, they in no, hot water? No, you know, no, it's no. like they're on see, fire. Is that in trouble? Is the Catholic Church really mad at them for something? Uh, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, he's he's on fire nice. right now. Okay. But yeah. you can tell that this is like a personal, very, very personal project for him. It felt like it because he's a recovering alcoholic and also a lapsed Catholic. So it's oh like, wow. So this is wow. This is he had yeah. a lot of insight. He had a lot of things to say with this, and I think <sighs> he said them. Honestly, there was so much, so much in there. Like yeah. aside from the story and the setting, aside from like the horror and the drama, there was just so much. Like, this is how a lot of people experience the Christian church. This is how a lot of yeah. people experience addiction and yeah. loss and family, and it's just so powerful. And yeah. then it's just all encapsulated by this really well written horror story it's, it's so well written um all the characters are very well rounded and the i mean there's long scenes that are just you know pages and pages and pages of dialogue and yeah. like often monologue oh yeah um and it's just it's captivating absolutely it's so well shot like that scene like what do you think happens when you die yeah that that whole scene 
That's like 20 minutes. Yeah. Of just the two of them <laughs> saying what they think happens when you die. And it's like one shot for like each person, pretty much. And it's so good. It's so good. Um. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Midnight Mass. Yes. Rave reviews. Five out of five. Yeah. Absolutely. Cannot recommend enough. Absolutely. What about um, you? What have you been up to? Uh. Well, last night I attended the Abbotsford Film Festival. Mm. Here in our hometown, I guess. We've never really mentioned where we're... We, we've said before, like, oh, hey, we're Canadian, by the way. Canadian. Just in case I think we've are... talked, like, living near Vancouver. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah. We grew up in a shitty little uh, town about 45 minutes to an hour away from Vancouver, depending on traffic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what you consider Vancouver. Yeah, that too, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so the second annual uh, edition of the Abbotsford Film Festival. The first night was last night. The second night is tonight. I'm going back again tonight. But we participated in a, the 48-hour film contest. That we did. Where you have an entire weekend, 48 hours to write, shoot, edit, and deliver um a short film, a five-minute film, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot. I mean, it sounds like a lot to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> sounds like just a really bad idea. <laughs> yeah, and, and like if you're doing it on your own, terrible idea. Oh, I can't imagine. Delegating was great. The only reason I stayed sane on this one was because I didn't have to like shoot all day and then also edit. Oh, yeah. We, I can't imagine. <laughs> around 11, 11.30, I rolled up to the editor's place and handed him the last bit of footage and was like, here you go. <laughs> and he had to stay up till about 4.30 in the morning. 4.30, he said, yeah. And finishing it off. Finish the first cut. Finishing the first cut. Um, You decided to record all the music from scratch. Sure did. Uh, <laughs> which... I think might be like one of the main factors uh, in the fact that we won best 48 hour film last night. Heck yeah. Um, I mean, that is a level of dedication that I hoped would have been recognized. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, did they, did they know like before, like did, did, did the judges know? Uh, well, so the films happened and then there was like a little Q and a that happened afterwards, which was like kind of awkward. Um, and I, I think, like, by far, our team was the most experienced hmm. there. Because, I mean, I, you know, I went to film school. I've yep. worked in television for a long time. I still work in television to some extent. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've made many short films either as the director. Or I've just been around them either in school or outside of school. And, you know, so have you and other the other people involved all have, you know, various levels of experience making short films and so it it um yeah i think we were maybe better prepared or or were able to to do more in that short period of time than people mm. who have less experience were able to do that makes sense um we we knew exactly how much needed to be planned yeah ahead of time to mm -hmm. be like realistic about what we could be done what we could get done mm-hmm and so, um, yeah, I'm like really proud of the, the product that we turned out and it, uh, yeah, it was, it was recognized. So we got a little award there. So 
congratulations to you well, and congratulations to you sir oh, yes, doctor oh doctor doctor <laughs> um no it was a lot of fun um and yeah so i think definitely when i mentioned during the q a like oh yeah and you know i uh you know i had a good team of people to help me and so you know i didn't have to stay up till you know 4 30 in the morning editing i made joel do that and, um <laughs> i had you know my friend matthew was recording the music uh you know from scratch <laughs> writing and recording it all uh upstairs while we were filming and then late into the evening and again early in the morning um and everyone was then uh, the was like whoa they, they recorded original music i was like yeah you know i i dared him to do it as a, a bit of a joke but then he, he like actually did it um so people were very impressed by that so that was a fun night yeah i i'm honestly i'm super i'm super proud of myself that i managed to pull that off yeah because i was like up until the day that it was going to start i was still on the fence of being like maybe i should just bail <laughs> and i mean like, that's a lot of work <laughs> we had that option we have access to stock music libraries we could we could like, like done i didn't it. have to yeah that was the other thing weighing me down like i don't have to do this yeah but i did and i'm i'm glad i did because i felt like quite the accomplishment yeah no it, it's uh it turned out uh very very good um and the the scene with the bottle i won't, I won't spoil anything it is going to be up online it might be up online by the time the podcast goes out um oh. whereabouts on the internet Oh, there. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought to look there yet. The dark web exclusive. It's a dark web exclusive. <laughs> Ooh. You have to you have to buy it with Bitcoin or Dogecoin. All my money's in Doge. Good, so. good, <laughs> good. I think it's down right now. Um, it'll come back. It'll, it'll come. come it'll, it'll come back. back. It always does. Um, <laughs> so, no, it'll be on YouTube. Uh, and if it's not, if it's not up by the time this goes out, um, then I'll tweet out a link to it on the uh podcast twitter Perfect. uh but if it is then i'll just drop a link in the description of the episode people can watch it um so yeah that was kind of what i've been doing and it, it was fun i hadn't made a film in years gosh yeah it has been a long time it's been a long time i mean i've been busy doing tv stuff for so long and one of the reasons i've scaled back how much tv stuff i'm doing is just because it was like taking away free time for me to do what i actually want to do which is um make films mm-hmm. narrative stuff right um but the well, tv if stuff if you ever need another soundtrack in 48 hours i know who you can call well yeah that's see that's the thing now you've set the bar too high because i'm gonna expect tracks <laughs> shit much quicker than just no. to be clear what i submitted was unmixed and unmastered <laughs> tracks because i didn't have any time for that it was all composing and recording it worked fine so i would need you know twice twice that amount of shit Nine, yeah. 90, 96 hours. 96 hours oh math i can give you 96 hours sure perfect <laughs> no i don't ever recommend <laughs> like unless you're doing one of these contest things which i would recommend doing that because they're super fun if you're if you're into filmmaking it's like you just get your friends together don't take it too seriously have a lot of, and just like have a lot of fun by the time you know two three in the morning rolls around in some cases you know you're still shooting it's like you know i've done other ones where we've shot until five in the morning yeah um, that... and we've had people downstairs you know dumping footage and editing starting to edit scenes while we're shooting kind of thing um yeah the problem that we had was our editor lives in a different city than we were shooting in so 
he was able to like make the drive out, pick up the first bit of footage, which was really just the first scene, uh, which isn't very long. <laughs> it's just like a dialogue back nope. and forth kind of. But scene. honestly, first scene was probably my favorite part of the entire short film. Really, the very the very first shot, uh, really set the tone. I think. You don't think so? I can't tell if you're being serious or not. No, no, I am. Or like standing in front of the door? Yeah. Like the just, watch just oh, okay. super simple and like there's just like the like the very slow, like quiet build of music. Yeah. That just like, oh, I just felt like it landed really well. Just oh. set the tone for okay. the, the next five minutes, you know? Because originally I actually wanted to open on the close up of her face, but then Joel had cut in the wide first. Um, and I was like, oh, you know what? That actually does kind of work. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, anyways, so that's going up uh, hopefully soon. I got to wait for them to send me the uh, the laurels to put on the, you know, the little palm fronds of the, the best 48-hour film or whatever. This is, they're going to send us some Oh, that I had no idea what you're talking about. They're called laurels. I was like, oh, I know someone named Laurel. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was what we did. It was a lot of fun. I don't recommend imposing like a 48 hour time limit on yourself unnecessarily. No. Um, but like, you know, if you want to like shoot an entire short film in a weekend, that's doable. But like, don't try to edit it as well. Ugh. That's insane. Take yeah, the week. <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, other than that, I haven't really been watching too much. Is there anything else you've been watching? I have one thing I could talk about. Uh, yeah, no, go ahead. Nothing's just coming to mind for me. Sure. Uh, I've been watching a show on Disney Plus. It's a star original. I think it's like a FX series, but they put it on Disney Plus in Canada. It's called Reservation Dogs. I've heard of this. I haven't seen it, though. Uh, it's executive produced by Taika Waititi. Um, but it's basically, it's a group of Native American teens in... I want to say Ohio. Right. Yeah. Um, that are like trying to save enough money to move to California. Yeah, crazy. And yeah. it's uh, the first show to have like uh, indigenous creator and all indigenous um, writing and directing staff. Wow. I believe. And then majority of the crew is also indigenous. Um, and the cast is... All the main characters obviously are indigenous, and then there's some some non-indigenous uh, side characters and stuff like that. But it's really good. Cool. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. There's seven episodes out now, and I think there's a total of eight in the first season, eight or nine. I can't remember. Um, but it's really good. It's uh, it, it is fun. It's serious when it needs to be. It's funny when it needs to be. It's like a good. It's a good mix. Sweet. Yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah, it's definitely been on my radar, so now I know. I should check it out. I'd recommend checking it out, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, anything from you you feel we need to I'm trying bring to, remember, to the class? I'm trying to remember. I, th I don't remember if it happened before our last episode, so I might have already talked about this, but I watched a very old and important movie for the first time. I don't know if you talked about this. Oh, well, I finally watched Schindler's List. I had never seen it. Oh, okay. And like... And did you have a good time? Yeah, it was great. 
It's just something, uh, something I've been on my list for like so long. And yeah. Like, and then every time like Kenzie and I are like, oh, we should have a movie night. It's always kind of like, is is tonight Schindler's List? And they're all both like, ah, no. Yeah, and no. And then we watch something else. It's definitely like. But it finally happened. There was like some stormy night where we were both like, you know, so glad that summer's over. And we were just to like. to be sad. Time to really, let's make some fucking chicken nuggets and fries and watch Schindler's List. We get like the comfort food. We got a cozy yeah. blanket and our big fluffy dog. And we watched Schindler's List. And I do not regret watching it at all. It is an incredible film. Yeah. Very well done. Holy crap, though. So, so. Ah. Uh, it's. Yeah. Can't even. Would you watch it again? No, never. Yeah. Never yeah. again. <laughs> again, I don't regret watching it. But never again. I, I've never seen it. It's sitting on my shelf. And it's, again, it's one of those things where I'm like, hmm, one day. Oh, you've never seen it no, either. I've never okay, seen it. Okay, now I don't feel so bad for taking no. so long. No, no, no. I, uh, yeah. It's, it's again, it's one of those things where I'm like, hmm, not tonight. <laughs> yeah. If tonight so it, is not the night. It, like, took me, it took me, like, half of the first scene to realize that the main character is Liam Neeson, though, because he's so young in this. Oh, yeah. I was like, well, that looks familiar. I don't know. Liam Neeson and Ray Fiennes. And right? Ray Fiennes, yeah. Yeah. And, um, ah, oh, crap, the name, whatever. Ray Fiennes, who looks exactly like Joseph Fiennes looks now. Yes. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's freaky. Very much so. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Well, so, there's that. Oh, there is one thing I, I saw, which I won't talk about a whole lot because I'm assuming you haven't seen it okay. yet. Um, mm-hmm. but I finally saw. I mean, finally, it's been out for like a week. I saw um, No Time to Die. Oh, you did? Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't seen that. I see. I say finally because it's supposed to come out like fucking year and a half ago. Well, yeah, but here we are. Um, I remember when that was the first movie to like move dates because of the pandemic and everyone was like, that seems a bit premature. <laughs> nope. Nope. Good call. Yeah. Good call on that one. Um, It's fantastic. Oh yeah, it is. It is a phenomenal final outing for Daniel Craig as James Bond. Nice. Um, it it uh, rounds off his chapter uh, or his tenure as as Bond uh, nicely, and it leaves the door open for them to go kind of wherever they want with it. Interesting. Um, they've got a bit of a. I mean. Anytime they change James Bond actors, it's sort of like a bit of a blank slate in a way. Like, I think the biggest jump would obviously be from like the 80s to the 90s because there was like six or seven years in between there. And then that's mm. when they brought in like a new M and a new Money Penny and Q. I mean, Q stayed Q up until he died. Right. Um, the actor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then they brought in John Cleese for one movie. Oh, yeah. What? Um, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> to be the new Q. But, uh, yeah, it's like they've they've left the door open to kind of go and, and do whatever they want. Um, whoops. I'm kind of torn because I really like the supporting cast, and so I'd kind of like them to just bring in a new Bond and, you know, not 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 address it the way they <laughs> <laughs> always, always do. Um uh, you know, just like the the cast stays the same, and then it's just a new Bond. But uh, I'd also be down for them to do like a retro, 
like throw back to like the 50s or 60s and do like a, a retro movie hmm you know some like cold war spy shit could be fun that is very much james bond's era yeah and i mean i guess you could take you could just take ray fines and have him be m and you could have you know uh, oh crap what's his name jack not jack jack whitehill. nicholson not jack whitehill uh ben ben wishaw you'd have him be q and Naomi harris could be money penny and it could just be the 50s and just don't talk about it <laughs> here's a new bond um seems unlikely but seems unlikely that would be fun but it would be fun but uh yeah i recommend checking it out in a theater if you can it definitely warrants a big screen experience yeah i get that so anyways i think that's everything i've seen how are you feeling about this section of the show so far <laughs> I think that it's gone great. I think it's gone too long. Time to move on. <laughs> and we need to thank our sponsor for the week. Ooh. This sponsor uh, for this episode is brought to you by... Not the sponsor is brought to you by... This episode is brought to, you, is brought to you by us for having dude, a sponsor. Selling sponsorships for sponsorships <laughs> is like the new... Here we go. Oh, man. That's capitalism... That's like capitalism inception. Yo, dog, we heard you like sponsors, so we got your sponsor a sponsor, so your sponsor can sponsor the sponsor. Um, anyways, this episode is brought to you by Beneath the Bog in the Black Forest by A.S. Ember, uh, which is an original audio drama. Uh, it is a Halloween release, and, and it will also include... Um, readings of Edgar Allan Poe's The Telltale Heart and other classic stories um, such as I'm loving the sound design uh, M.R. James's classic Count Magnus, a terrible tale of murder and mystery surrounding awful padlock coffin of the titular count um, a, a yet to be determined audio drama uh, the Telltale Heart, as we said, and The Mask by Robert W. Chambers, read by A.S. Ember. Um, but the feature presentation is Beneath the Bog in the Black Forest, uh, which is an original tale of horror and mystery in the tradition of the genre's most iconic voices. Uh, this unique radio drama is accompanied uh, in this collection by four delightfully spooky yarns performed by the best voices in the business. I read that already um so yeah the the beneath the bog of the black forest is an original feature presentation by a.s ember and i believe it's an audio drama so I'm, I'm guessing there's other voices and stuff in there not just a um yeah it's a it is a full radio drama plus two hours of eerie stories and you can pre-order this digital album right now for ten dollars canadian so if you live uh, in the UK or the US, it's like basically free. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just go to asember, that's A-S-E-M-B-E-R dot bandcamp dot com to uh, pre-order. Man, um, I had no idea it was going to be that long when I started the, the bit. Way to commit. I'm extremely lightheaded. <laughs> Committed to the, you need to just take a deep breath because we're about to... With that, uh, we're going to dive right in to this month's film 
le feature presentation. Ouais. Halloween, toi. Season of the Witch. <rire> en français, s'il vous plaît. <rire> You don't really know much about Halloween. Halloween. The barriers will be down between the real and the unreal. And the dead might be looking in. The last great one took place 3,000 years ago when the hills ran red. Halloween, the children. You happen to know anything about this Cochrane? All I can tell you, mister, is watch out. Season He's watching you, friend, I guarantee you that. Hey, Mr. Cochran, just what is the final process? Fellas, I was just kidding. Uh, witchcraft. To us, it was a way of controlling our environment. Hey! Where are they taking you? The world's going to change tonight, Doctor. Happy Halloween. Stop it! Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, the night no one comes home. Halloween 3, le sang du sorcier, la nuit où personne ne rentre chez soi. I don't know why I went French, it has nothing to do with French people. Nope. Um, and there's a lot of Irish people in fact. There's quite a bit of Irish um, in this film. And well, uh, there's a lot of people pretending to be Irish, I don't know. Yeah. I do have a quote to read about that later. It was a very funny, oh, very well, um, very, very, well. very funny review uh, from the New York Times. But we'll get to that at the end. We're right, summing up our thoughts. Um, Halloween three, season of the witch. How much did you know about this movie going in? Um, I knew, you know, that Halloween is all about one person, <laughs> Satan. <laughs> Not really. Not really at all. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, Halloween. Oh, you're talking about the Halloween movies. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, and that that person has nothing to do with this movie at yeah. all. Famed <laughs> Canadian comedian Mike Myers. There it is. is. The star of the Halloween franchise. What a career he's had, eh? Mm. He's mastered comedy, horror. What can't he do? Stay dead. Get a job. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Whoops. My bad. I love Mike Myers. No. Uh, obviously, you know, Halloween 1 might still be the highest grossing independent film of all time. Uh, hmm. If you account for inflation, it was made for a budget of $300,000 in 1978 or 77. Wow. Like that old now? Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, 40 years out. Wow. 40... 43 years out. Wow. I think it came out in 78. Um, but, you know, uh, and then went on to gross like 700 million worldwide. And I don't know if that is including, you know, home video sales and re-releases and all that mm. kind of stuff. But I, I know for a long time it was it was the most profitable. Maybe not the highest grossing, but it was the most profitable like budget to to money ratio independent mm. film of all time crazy uh and you know so obviously they wanted to make a sequel to it and they're like all right yeah what do you want to do for a sequel and john carpenter and deborah hill were like we don't want to do a sequel that sounds stupid <laughs> um but their agent was like you should do a sequel because if you don't if you're not involved in the sequel then you 
you know won't have uh the you know uh, re- you won't get residuals for the franchise right like if you stay on long oh, enough then you right some some entertainment you know i don't know if it's a guild rule or whatever but so legal bullshit legal bullshit they had to be involved in the sequel so john carpenter was like fine um the owners of the property and the producers they wanted to bring back michael myers and they were like no we don't want to do that we want to do a uh you know like an anthology and they're like no people want to see michael myers we're gonna do michael myers so for halloween 2 they brought back michael myers and they finished that story off in uh halloween 2 at the end dr loomis blows him and michael up in the basement of the hospital and it's like all right great michael myers is dead it's cooked he exploded he's done it was really on the heater uh no (laughs) no no he was in the hot seat ah yeah I mean, I he it. was on a heater earlier. He killed a lot of people in that movie, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So he was, you know, he was dead. And then for the third one, they're like, "All right, look, we killed Michael Myers in the last one. That story's over. Can we please do the anthology now?" And they were like, "Fine, fine, fine. Just <laughs> call it Halloween." And they're like, "Great, yeah, call it Halloween three, season of the witch." And we're, you know, from now on, it's going to be an anthology, and every year there will be a new, uh, you know, spooky movie in in theaters set around Halloween. With different, you know, elements of of Halloween. And so for this one, they delved into the origins of All Hallows' Eve and the mm. uh, pagan Celtic origins of the holiday. Which isn't pronounced Samhain like it's spelled. Yeah. They they get that right in this one. They call it Samhain, Samhain. in this one. Yeah. Uh, in Halloween 2, uh, Dr. Loomis, Michael Myers writes Samhain in blood on the wall. Oh, and yeah. Michael classic. Myers... It's like, ah, oh, yes, the festival of Sam Hain. He's worshiping the, <laughs> you know, the festival of the harvest, whatever. And he called it Sam Hain. Um, but it's it's Samhain, and they get that correct in this one. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, so it goes back to the Celtic origins and, uh, you know, paganism and witchcraft. And that's mm-hmm, why mm-hmm. it's called Season of the Witch. But what is it really about, Matt? Well, it's not about witches. There's zero witches in this. Also, Season of the Witch doesn't play. Which is also disappointing. Yeah, missed opportunity. I gotta say, the soundtrack, though, was pretty cool. Honestly, like, right off the bat, the best thing about this movie was the soundtrack. John um, Carpenter did did compose it with someone else whose name I don't remember and they're not important. Um, <laughs> but John Carpenter uh, was listed as the first composer, so I'm assuming he did the, most of the work. Probably. Um, and, but yeah, it just... Maybe the other guy just wrote the Happy, Happy Halloween theme song and oh, then they had to put him I hope not. in there. And they had to put him in an asylum afterwards. Yeah. Dude, I might check myself in in a bit. Ooh, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Soundtrack was great. Hitting all the, like, creepy retro synth soundtrack points that it needed to. It was very well done. Very, very well done. <laughs> uh, can't say that for the rest of the movie, however. It's, so I'd say I like the idea of trying to do an anthology. Yeah, some anthologies are phenomenal. You know, they they could have been American Horror Story before American Horror Story. Could have been. Um, they they weren't. No. There's a reason why the next one is called The Return of Michael Myers, and it's because no one liked this one, and no, <laughs> no one went to see it. Um, although it did, like, earn, I think it was like a $2 million budget or something like that, and it earned, like, 14, yeah, two, $2.5 was the budget, and it earned 144 at the box office so still bringing in roughly let's say 10 million dollars profit if you account for the you know double your budget for 
prints and advertising right ratio which i don't know if that was the case back in the 80s it might have been slightly less might have been one and a half times your budget kind of thing but still technically would have turned a profit but i guess this reception was bad and didn't make as much money as they wanted to yeah especially if like the first one was so successful yeah yeah so yeah what 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 even is this movie so we'll break it down for you the main character is a doctor right he's continually throughout the entire movie forgot that he was a doctor and assumed that he was a cop he looks like a cop because he has a he has a cop stash um he's a doctor and sorry i'm so bored by this movie um (laughs) uh he's a doctor and he's divorced and you know he shows up to bring his kids some halloween masks he bought and they're like dad you idiot mom already got a silver shamrock masks go suck a dick dad and he's like i won't do that <laughs> yep, that's, that's exactly the dialogue and then he and then he gets a beat yeah i'm committed to memory i'm doing it verbatim <laughs> and then he gets uh he gets beeped on his beeper and he has to phone into the hospital and they're like a man came in and he's crazy you gotta <laughs> yeah gotta get down here and he's like all right all right i'll be right there i gotta go i can't take the kids and she's like but you promise and he's like i can't do it that's enough and he walks out and he goes to the hospital because duty calls i get it you know yeah he's, if you're a doctor and you're on call it's, yeah it's you gotta really go much you, can do you gotta it, save lives clearly a very strained relationship yeah there. yeah she needs to be a little bit more understanding that this is for the greater good and the greater good is a very very traumatized old man that we see from the first in the first scene he's clutching a halloween pumpkin mask like a jack-o'-lantern mask mm-hmm. and he gets attacked by a man in a suit who he manages to crush with a car yeah like really gently really gently but <laughs> enough to get away and uh wanders into a gas station where he collapses and uh says they're they're coming and then the the gas station attendant you know it's like, oh my god, this man just passed out, and he phones the ambulance and whatever. And then that's when our doctor uh, meets him, and he's, you know, on his on his little hospital bed, getting wheeled through the hospital, and he's clutching that pumpkin mask. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so they do an examination on him, and he seems fine. And they're gonna wait for him to wake up. So they well, can... doesn't seem fine. He's like freaking out. Oh, he's like, freaking out. They're going to kill everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he, do they sedate him? Or does he just pass out? I can't remember. They sedate him. They sedate him. Yeah. So he's right. in a bit of a tiff. He's in. Yeah. He's having a. He's a having a bad tizzy. day. So the doctor's like, oh, I'll just like take a nap on the couch when he wakes up. We'll ask him what happened, and we'll, you know, because he's freaking out. But like physically, they're not. You know, they don't need to do surgery or anything on him. Yeah. So they kind of just, he's fine. But when that happens, another man in a suit comes into the hospital. <laughs> That's the sound. Yeah. And uh, fun little synth stab every time they appear pokes out his eyes and breaks his nose bone and kills him yep uh takes the mask with him i believe right no i think he just left it there did he leave it there yeah it didn't matter that seems stupid yeah um yeah i guess there's no point in taking it because like you could just go to the store and buy one yeah the whole point is you want to get the masks out there yeah um goes to his car uh after wiping off his hands on the on the sheet Goes to his car, pours gasoline all over himself, sets himself on fire, and the whole car explodes. Like immediately. Like immediately. <laughs> well, it was the 80s. Cars exploded back then. Oh, I see. Yeah. They don't have these modern safety features that mm. they have now. 
the non-exploding cars are a lot safer. So much safer. Um, and so the doctor's like, huh, huh that was a bit strange. <laughs> I need to go fucking get drunk. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah, so he wanders off to the bar and he's drinking his whiskey. And this annoying Silver Shamrock commercial keeps playing on the TV. Oh. Need more days till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. We'll put it. We'll just put it in the song. We don't need to sing it. I'll just put it in a clip right here. You can listen to it. It lives in my brain forever now. It is horrible. It is the worst thing about this movie, and that's what I've heard everyone say. Like when you watch this movie, you're gonna have that Silver Shamrock song stuck in your head. It plays so many times. It plays so many times. Um, so uh, at the bar, he meets a young woman named Ellie, who's like, "My father was brought into your hospital today, and he's dead." And <laughs> <laughs> uh, did he say anything to you before he died? And he was like, yes. He said, tell Ellie I love her. And she's like, you're a terrible liar. But <laughs> thanks anyway. And he's like, wait a second. He said something to me, all right. He said, they're coming. They're going to kill us all. What does that mean? Does that mean anything to you, woman? And she's like, no, but let's do some detective work. And he's like, I love it. Yep. <laughs> That's basically how that <laughs> went. basically how it went. And so then they decide to drive to the Silver Shamrock. Uh, 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 yeah, she had already been, like, retracing his steps. And, like, his, yeah. he, yeah, they figured out the date that he went missing. And he was going to go pick up a shipment of masks for his, like, general store slash yeah. toy store that he ran. Yeah. And so they're like, all right, that's the last place that we know he went. Yeah, the Silver Shamrock Mask Factory and... Some like company town, and like, it's like the whole town is kind of owned by the Silver Shamrock Company in, in yeah. uh, uh, somewhere in Northern California. It's not very clear. Um, and so they like head up there and check into a motel, and uh, they they do some like sleuthing in air quotes, which means like they go out to get air or to get a drink, and then they just happen to run into someone who just dumps exposition on them. Yeah, like he he goes out to get booze, like he goes to the liquor store, and yeah. then he runs into a hobo who just spills the beans on the town. Yeah, and then she goes out just like to the office. It looks like she just got a coke or something. Yeah, she's got a bottle of coke. She got a bottle of coke. And That's then a glass bottle of coke. On her way back, she runs into the lady staying in the room next door who's also there to pick up a shipment and tells her all about the Shamrock factory. Yeah. And like they did no sleuthing at all. No. Not. They were they were like, let's deal with it in the morning. Yeah. Let's go get our respective drinks. They didn't yeah. do any work. <laughs> yeah. Um, can we talk about the worst thing in the entire movie? I would love to. Cool. So, the scene starts off innocent enough, and I kind of liked where it was going. I was like, oh, this is good. This is good. Because he's kind of, you know, they check into a, a motel room under the guise of being married, which they're not. And, which uh, they didn't discuss beforehand, and he instigated. Yeah. They did, no, they said something... I, re- I remember that he said, let's get a couple rooms. Let's get a couple rooms. That's right. At the motel. And then when they were actually talking to the guy at the gas station, that's also part of the motel. I was like, do you have any rooms? My wife and I. Yeah. Yeah. So I was immediately like, pump the brakes there. Yeah. Freak show. And the scene starts out with him doing the right thing. He's saying like, oh, you know, would you like me to get another room? And she's like, well, that wouldn't be very good for our cover. And he's like, all right, well, I mean, I could... Sleep on the f- uh, in the car, the car if you yeah. like, which would be you know so much better than the floor. And she's like, "Where would you like to sleep?" And I'm like, "Well, that's mm, 
He's like, well, that's a stupid question, isn't it? And then he kisses her with the force of a thousand waterfalls. <laughs> totally unprompted. Totally unprompted and completely unnecessary for the plot of the movie. Absolutely. It is established that he is, while he is divorced, he has some sort of relationship with uh, one of the nurses or other doctors. Could be a, could be a female doctor. Maybe that's me projecting. Uh, she was she was the coroner's assistant. The lab tech. Oh, coroner's assistant. I okay. think I think that's what. Cool. I mean, she's doing stuff with microscopes and looking at shit in, <laughs> yes. a, in a lab, wearing a lab coat. So I'm like, all right, it could be some sort of lab person. She was a lab person. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but no yeah. border like, collies for her. Strictly a lab person. Yeah, but they definitely had some sort of relationship. It's um, a great dog joke, and you just walked all over it. It's fine. It's fine. My bad. <laughs> No, sometimes they don't hit. It's 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 cool. I'll I'll bounce back. So they have some sort of history, yeah, or relationship. It might be you yeah. know. It doesn't seem like it's a committed relationship, or else he's even more of an asshole. Um, yeah, yeah, but you it know, so it was so bad. It was so bad. Yeah, so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. And they it had adds, they had been all business. Like yeah, she's trying to figure out what happened to her her father who just died and he's like the doctor who was in charge when this happened feels responsible like they already had their motivations yeah it's completely unnecessary and, just, and all of a sudden like that was just so poorly written i guess that's just like you had to do that back then you know like, maybe that was just like a thing that's like oh there has to be a romance plot because that's I mean, yeah, just... that was a very, very common thing for a long time. So yeah. If there's no romance in it, then it's like it won't sell or something. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's got to have something for the, the girlfriend that's getting dragged to the movie by her boyfriend. Got to have something for the ladies to enjoy. I don't think they did. Being kissed <laughs> by a much, much older man. Yeah, like we... She looked young. We don't know how young she was. He like... looked to be in his 40s. 40s or 50s 40s late, or 50s late 40s early 50s i want to say she was like early to mid 20s like 22 to 25 kind of yeah judging like, also like judging by the age of her dad like her dad looked you know pretty old mid to late 50s early 60s maybe so she could have been you know closer to 30 but still but still like they could have at least let us know as the audience yeah. well because after they have sex two or three times he uh, he asks her while they're in the middle of it. Oh, how old are you? Yeah, wrong time. Yeah, dude, that's you missed not, it. Yeah, you you missed the boat, dude. That ship has sailed now. You're in whatever hot water you're in at this point. Um, he's on the heater. He's in. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> he's on the hot plate. Uh, he full steam. Uh, and she says, I, "I'm older than I look." Yeah, she laughs it off, says, I'm older than I look, does not does not tell us. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the room next to them, uh, the woman who she ran into outside, who spills the entire beans on the Silver Shamrock uh, Corporation, is fiddling with uh, the, the, there's like a little badge that goes on the back of the mask that's the Silver Shamrock. Yeah, there's like a little plastic or metal thing. It looks like the, it was metal or something. Yeah. And she flips it over, and there's a little microchip in there. And she's like, oh, that's interesting. And she's, like, playing with it. And it shoots a fucking laser beam right into her face. Yep. It just, like, melts a lot of her mouth. That was actually probably the 
thing I liked most in the movie, other than the soundtrack, was like her the makeup effects on her face after she gets shot. Or super nasty. Thing, are super good. So really well gross. done. Um, yeah, it was good. But you know, so then she's getting hauled off, and this is when we're introduced to the arch nemesis, the big bad for the movie. Uh, crap, what's his name? Mac- something he's irish mr irish uh cochran mr cochran cochran um and he's there he's like oh let me through i'm a doctor and he's like oh no need we're gonna take her somewhere for medical attention like where are you taking her like oh to the factory (laughs) we have all the facilities there you have like an emergency medical facility that's like of the highest order or whatever yeah um and it's like, okay, that's weird. And then they go off and talk like, well, what happened? What happened there? And he's like, oh, it's a misfire. And they overhear this. And then, the, you know, the uh, Dr. Mustache and uh, his lady friend are in the uh, motel. And like, what was that about a misfire? Like, I don't know. We should, we should go to the plant. And uh, so they go to the plant in the, in the morning. And there's a, a family that we didn't talk about. They run in. To them when they're checking into the motel. Uh, oh, that's right. Really bratty kid. Really, really bratty loud. kid. Really loud, obnoxious dad who's, I guess, some sort of salesman sells these masks. Yep. Has a store or something like that. Yeah, we learned that he's like he's the, the salesman who has sold the most Shamrock yeah. masks. Yeah. And so uh, they're getting a tour of the factory and uh, they invite um, Dr. Mustache and ellie to come along i remember her name it's ellie i don't right. remember dr mustache's name yeah neither do i uh it's not important <laughs> um and so then you know they get a little tour and uh eventually what happens <laughs> well they um the, the they get to like the end of the production line and there are the masks and the kid is like oh i want this one and he's like oh well, that one hasn't been through final processing here let me give you this one it's in a bag and it's been quality inspected and stuff and the salesman's like well what happens in final processing and he's like ah i can't tell you that you know it's a trade secret just boring quality assurance stuff and so there's like a part of the factory they're not allowed to go to yeah um so he at that point sees standing around a bunch of completely still dudes in suits yeah dressed exactly like the one who killed ellie's dad yeah and he's like we should get the fuck out of here and they start to leave but then ellie sees through a garage door that opens up the partially covered green car that she recognizes that that belonged to her dad and so she starts to run toward it and then those suit dudes kind of like block the way and then she just kind of stands there and looks at them. And then Cochran, like, off in the distance is like, trade secrets. And then she awkwardly backs up and goes and hugs the cop stash dude. Yeah. And then it cuts. And I just thought the entire thing was really awkward and not well done at all. <laughs> There's a lot of that really awkward, not well done uh, in this film. Yeah, that is a, a, a recurring theme. Could could put say. it on... That could be the title of the review. is really awkward and not well done. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, he goes back to investigate at well, they, night. Well, no, they both go back to they both go back to their motel room. Yeah. But then he goes to the office. He, he leaves her in the room. He goes to the office to try to make a call. 
and none of his calls are going through. Right. When he comes back, she's gone. She's gone. And he sees a line of five um, no-expression suit dudes coming his way. And so he beefs it. Yeah. Cheeses it. Sorry. He cheeses it. Sorry. I was getting my, my cheese and my beef mixed up. Yeah. He's got beef. He's got beef, but he needs to cheese it. Yeah, he needs to cheese it. Because the heat's on. And he's on a heater. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I want fondue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that in a second. Ah, yeah. Um, yeah, he cheeses it to the factory where he tries to break into the area that he's not allowed in and ends up fighting one of the men in suits who turns out to be a robot full of orange blood speaking of fondue it's full of pumpkin full guts of, full of pumpkin guts yeah do it's you not. do pumpkin fondue all very often or? No, no i thought that's thought that joke was gonna go somewhere else it didn't Mm-mm. no that's all right we both missed a couple there we go the uh, pumpkin people the pumpkin people pumpkin robots pumpkin bot 5000 yeah uh yeah, he you know punches his right through their guts and pulls out a fistful of orange goo and some wires and he's like, "What the hell is this?" And then a bunch of them show up, and Cochrane is there and he's like, "Well, well, well, my curious friend, let me show you everything and explain my evil plan because that's what we do here. We explain evil plans. It's a trope that we gotta." Um, the worst, the worst part, because yeah, there's like the obligatory. Oh, the villain captures you at the beginning of the third act or whatever, and explains the whole plan. But like the thing is, he starts to like kind of hint at it, but then he says, "A good magician never tells," right? And then I thought, "Oh, he's not gonna do that trope," and then he just did it anyway. And he just does it anyways, yeah. Like, so, like, but I'm a shit mu- uh, shit magician. So here we <laughs> <Yeah>. go. <laughs> Basically, we've captured a. Uh, we stole a piece of Stonehenge and we're chipping away at it slowly to make microchips that will go in these masks that when we play this very specific TV ad on Halloween night and all the kids are wearing their masks, it will melt their faces and turn them into bugs and snakes and the snakes will kill everyone who's in the room with them who's not wearing a mask and maybe it's just easier if I show you. And then he brings the family uh, the annoying family that we saw earlier of the top salesman and his kids, and he brings them into this test room, mm-hmm. and uh, under the guise of like he wants some feedback on commercials. Yeah, and uh, you know his bratty little son is there. He's wearing the mask, and the mask melts his face and turns it into bugs and snakes, mm-hmm. and uh, the snakes and bugs kill his parents. Yeah, although uh, the mom faints. You see a snake going into her ear, though. Oh yeah, it was just yeah. a little one though. Just a little one, but. Who knows? Who knows? Dad gets full-on bit by a rattlesnake in the leg several times. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, evil plan has been explained. He's like, we've got your lady friend here. She's uh, in this room. Here she is on the camera. Anyways, let's put a mask on you and put you in this room and tie you up. And we're going to put a TV in here. And when we play the Silver Shamrock commercial, your face is going to melt too. And it's all for the uh, purposes of bringing back the pagan festival of Samhain and you know my celtic ancestry we're gonna bring back witchcraft to the season of the witch and title drop and (laughs) and that's uh that's what we're gonna do we're gonna do it using the microchips and the piece of stonehenge and magic and we're gonna sacrifice all the children of america to 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 the harvest yep 
it's kind of what his plan is and it's like oh yeah, that's basically. Real, real fucked and so uh dr mustache manages to kind of wiggle free from his bonds and manages to kick over the tv he actually kicks his feet straight through the screen so hard to do which is like nope, can't do it nope i have a, i don't remember the context at all but i have a very distinct memory of throwing like an entire toilet seat directly at a television and the seat shattered completely and the television barely had a neck on it yeah those things are very hard to break they're so sturdy there's no Um, way you're kicking straight through it while you're strapped to a chair no 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 uh you know he he wriggles free from his bonds and throws his mask over the over the camera and he breaks out and he's like i gotta go get ellie uh but first he crawls through vents a bunch and does some snooping yeah what he actually does is he finds a phone and he calls his ex-wife yeah, he calls and, his like, wife. tries to convince her to get rid of the shamrock masks. And she's like, you're drunk and you're jealous that they didn't like the masks that you bought them and you can get fucked. He was also supposed to be there by now to take his kids <laughs> trick-or-treating. Yeah. And, and she's, so, yeah, she's like, has doing a it. whole lot of fuck you and the horse you rode in on, you piece of shit. Very much so. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he's like, well, that's great. So I'm going to go rescue Ellie. He rescues her and he finds a box of microchips and he sets off the uh, the commercial to play on all the TVs in the uh, yeah in the the main lab room where they're in the Stonehenge room Stonehenge room where they're chipping away at the Stonehenge and uh, showers the androids uh, you know uh, with microchips as they're shooting off the lasers from the the commercial that's activated them. And it kills all the androids, and then it also activates the Stonehenge Stone, which just shoots a big old laser beam at Mr. Cochran, who... Yeah, well, it's, like, it's even it's more complicated than that, too, because, like, the, the commercial keeps going, and I guess it's, like, the frequency is picking up, and Stonehenge begins to blow. But then also the circle of computers, like, where the monitors are that are showing this ad, like, a ring of light appears around those across the room from Stonehenge, and Cochrane's like standing in the middle, and he's like looking up at the rafters from where, <coughs> from where they dumped the uh, microchips. Sh- the microchips thing, yeah. and he just gives like he just like gives a slow clap, <laughs> yeah, which is like, well played, yeah, I'm fucked, he, and he is fucked because it shoots a b- two big old lasers at him, yeah, one from Stonehenge, one from the circle above the monitors, it just shoot him, and then he kind of just like glows for a moment. And then it's just a close-up of him, and he kind of looks like he's made of stone. Yeah. But then and he then, also kind of melts. Yeah. And then it just cuts to a wide shot of the whole factory's on fire, and they're running away. Yep. Um, and they're getting in the car to drive away. But surprise! Ellie's an android! She's been silent this whole time, been and silent he this whole didn't time. notice, because he sucks. Yeah, he's a bad, bad boyfriend. Um, And she tries to kill him, and there's like three fake-out kills where... He breaks off her hand and it's stuck on the steering wheel and, uh, you know, he knocks her head off with the crowbar and then, like, the body comes after him and he yeah. gets in the car and then the hand jumps off the steering wheel and tries to choke him and he has to throw that out the window. and It's like, just die already. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he gets to a 
gets to the gas station that the her father wandered into at the beginning and he's using the phone and he's like no 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 I don't have any proof but you got to you got to listen to me millions of people are going to die you got to take it off the air don't play it don't play it and some kids walk in and you know the the shamrock ad starts playing and then all of a sudden we are experiencing technical difficulties and the kids change the channel it's like the shamrock ad's still playing it's like we're sorry we are experiencing technical difficulties and they change it one more time and the ad just starts playing. And he keeps playing. He's like, the third channel. The third channel. You got to take it off. Stop it on the third channel. Stop it on the third channel. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. And then it cuts to black. And that's Halloween 3. And that's Halloween 3. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I'm mean, trying. First of all, if I had a gas station and, and some kids came by to trick or treat, I'd give them candy. But then if they walked into my office and started changing the channel on the television. Fuck. Yeah, like, get out of here, kid. Also, that's real funny, because, like, you're making Halloween masks. What do kids do with Halloween masks? They go trick-or-treating. They don't sit in front of the TV with them on. To be fair, the ads running at, like, 9 p.m. Most of the kids are going to be home by then, I right? guess they've been home, yeah. yeah. And, and, Except and, for these three that are at a gas station. Yeah, hooligans. They're yeah. pretty young. <laughs> it was the 80s, man. Kids used to just run around town unsupervised. Um, But, yeah, so, he, you know, grabs a... Uh, you know, the phone and he's trying to call the station and it's just like, for whatever reason, they're like, all right, we'll listen to you for these first two channels. But yeah, but also like, wouldn't just one, wouldn't he need to make a phone call for each station? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> let me, let me tell you how television advertising works. Okay. Tell me about TV land. So here's the, here's the other thing is they've got, um, multiple commercials playing, you know, eight more days till Halloween Three more days till Halloween. Two more days till Halloween. Mm-hmm. One more day to Halloween. Happy, happy Halloween. <laughs> they would have, you know, pre-bought all these ad times on all these different networks. Yep. Um. And and you know had to send the tapes in advance with the different you know ad. You know, this is three days. This is two days. These are the dates that you play them. This is how many slots you're gonna get. They would have bought all that airtime ages ago. Um. Now, the only thing I can think of is if they only sent it to, like, one master station. Because in the, you know, in the 70s and 80s in in the States, you had, uh, you know, CBS, NBC, and ABC. It's like the major networks. And then you had what were called affiliate stations, right? Which are like, like WKPR Seattle. And, you know. Right. WDNG Oklahoma, you know, and it'd be your Fox affiliate station. So unless he was like just on the phone with CBS master control being like, stop the thing, stop the thing. Cause he just had their number. He just had their number. Um, and they're like, all right, well we'll shut it off. And, but also like it, it wouldn't make sense because like theoretically, if they had gone national, which they should have, cause that, that was their whole plan, right? Like at the end you see people trick or treating with the masks on in Dayton, Ohio, the movie takes place in Northern California somewhere, right? So, like, clearly their their plan is to spread this nationally. Yeah, yeah. It shows shots from, yeah, a bunch of different states. Yeah. Um, and so, like, they would have been sending the tapes to ABC, NBC, CBS. Would have been buying ad times on all of their affiliate stations. Being like, we want you to play these ads leading up to this. And then also, um, you know, in advance of this big... Uh, we're doing a big giveaway. That's the thing that they want everyone to tune in for, right? We're doing this big giveaway, and then we're going to play the movie Halloween, the original Halloween <laughs> right. by John Carpenter. is a movie that exists in this universe. We're going to play that, 
but before we do that, we're going to do the big, this big Silver Shamrock giveaway, and that's what you need to be at home to watch that, because you could win. It's not clear how, but, you know. There's even in one of the shots where there's, like, a Shamrock van with speakers on it, like, saying, like, it's almost time for the giveaway. Everyone get in your homes and turn on your TVs. Yeah. I'm like, wow. That's... Um, Intense. So, I mean, unless it was just on the one network that they were, you know, I guess it was a universal movie probably, so NBC. Uh, but, you know, if it was like just on that network and then from there they would have sent it to all the affiliates. But still, like, no, no, that's just me nitpicking because I know how television ads are sold <laughs> <laughs> and and populated. Um, but. You know, maybe for for the sake of for the sake of the movie, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because most people wouldn't be privy to that sort of information. But it's like, no, dude, you can't just like make a phone call and and stop it from going out because it's going out on like every affiliate station across the country. They're going to be rebroadcasting this, yeah, thing. Like you know, um, yeah, that's that's the one thing I don't know how it works because it's totally different now because it's all digital. Uh, but like if it was like each each station would have like had master tapes that they had to play themselves or if they were just like sent a signal from the home broadcaster and then rebroadcasting that signal. Um, but I'm assuming they would have had their own master tapes because you would also sell, you know, if you work for WKPI Chicago. And I'm just making these up, by the way. They all start with w, WK. Yeah. Um, <laughs> WKPI Chicago, you would have had local ads for like, you know, uh, you know, Jimmy's, Jimmy's meat shop, downtown Chicago, come get your meats and you know, your local car dealership and all those like horrible, horrible, like homemade ads where you just get a guy with a video camera. Just like, do you need cars? Yeah. I have cars. (laughs) I have a fuck ton of cars. Come (laughs) down to Swanson's cars and get all the cars you could ever want. Yeah. And then it ends with someone trying to say something in unison and it doesn't work. And yeah, lots of star wipes. So, so many star wipes. So many star wipes. So, uh, yeah, like him, him trying to stop it is, it's, it's very futile. The, the fact that he even got two of them off the air is kind of a fucking miracle, but, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter in the end. All the it children died. Matter. Yep. Um, that's, yeah, that's, that is what is implied. Yeah. Is that families, across america died which is like cool i guess you know you went for this twilight zone kind of vibe by doing the the anthology right they're basically doing twilight zone but it's on a huge budget mm-hmm. so like props to you you got to throw in the dark uh dark twist at the end right there's always something at the end of those twilight zone episodes where you know you know ma'am there's a gremlin on the wing of the plane and then you, it's like oh it turns out he was just crazy but then it's like oh my god no the gremlin's trying to get in the ambulance at the end or whatever yeah i haven't actually seen that episode i've just seen the simpsons episode where there's a gremlin on the bus the trios of horror yes yeah yeah, yeah. thanks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so that was and then it's three. hans mole man driving a gremlin and auto yeah. just like just drives him off the road it's so good oh it's good stuff um so that uh that that's that's the villain's plan, I guess. I'm trying to decide if this concept was good or not and it was just poorly executed or if the whole idea was bad. Hmm, that's tricky. 
I think working in sci-fi and microchips sort of like overcomplicated it. If it was like, if you're calling it Season of the Witch, maybe just be like, we're gonna like, you know, put little pieces of Stonehenge in, in infused yeah. into all the masks. I thought for sure when she saw like the back of that thing, I was like, oh, it's gonna be like a spell. Yeah. Inscribed in like, like runes. Celtic yeah. runes. Yeah, that would have made way more sense, and right? And it was a chip and then she like, took a bobby pin out of her hair and started poking at it. Because that's what you do when you find a, a strange computer board, right? You stick metal in it. Yeah. Yeah, and 100%. then she got lasered in the face. Yeah, that's why I've lost three of my fingers. That makes sense. Yeah. I was not going to ask. Not um, going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Can it keep going? Um, so, yeah, no, that was a really weird choice. But it was like, it yeah, was it would have made more made sense for them from to... from Stonehenge. Yeah. And so it was like, because, yeah, Stonehenge is magical. We all know that. It would have been like way more sense if it was like a druidic Celtic cult and they had stolen a piece of Stonehenge and brought it to this thing and they're like, we're going to do this ritual. And, you know, at, at you know, 7 p.m. Pacific time or 6 p.m. Pacific time when all the kids are out trick-or-treating and there might still be some in the on the East Coast, we're going to do this ritual and, and the energy from Stonehenge is going to activate all the runes that are on you know, the inside of these masks, maybe there's like a piece of Stonehenge in every mask, you know, the, maybe the, maybe the things themselves, the badges themselves are carved out of, you know, pieces of stone, whatever. And then that's, what's going to trigger, like if it was magic, but it's like this weird sci-fi TV signal, like, yeah, and he's got all his robots, his pumpkin robots. Yeah. The pumpkin robots really... And by the way, they don't look like pumpkins. They look like regular men in suits, just when they bleed orange, which is why we're calling them pumpkin robots. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, they get a bunch of blood spill out of their mouths, and that makes me want to make pumpkin cookies. Yeah. So. But it should have been... I feel like it should have been more magical and less science fiction. Yeah, we can, we can agree on that. Yeah. I think. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. So I don't, it was just a bad concept. Partially, I think. I think. I think having the sci-fi robot microchip part of it was bad. I think. Like, is the idea though of like people wanting to like revitalize, you know, pagan uh, practices through you know mass sacrifice by doing witchcraft on Halloween night, like, and you know, through Halloween mask. Like, is that a bad concept? because this is what's really kind of weighing it for me about whether or not it's one big pile of shit or whether or not it's craptacular Mm. because there's i feel like there's an idea here that's not terrible but i just don't know what it is (laughs) you know i think the fact that we need to think that hard about whether or not this even idea would ever work makes it bad yeah yeah maybe so like yeah um, i mean it is tough there were parts of it that like i was like ooh, well done i was like ooh, that's cool you know you like yeah like, he does the whole like evil plan spill thing but like the doctor pays attention to which buttons the robot is touching in order to activate the ad yeah which then he later uses to activate the ad and i was like that was a nice touch well done yeah but then you know they do stuff where well, they, yeah they don't do any actual sleuthing yeah um so like that's dumb uh there's some okay kills and like gore and stuff right like the 
The drunk that spills the beans about the town, like, two minutes later, gets his head torn clean off by two of the androids. Oh, yeah. Which is a pretty gruesome kill. But, like, in terms of, like, horror slasher movie kills, I'm like, oh, that's pretty neat. That's, like, a good, you know, cool piece of gore if you're into gore. Mm -hmm. If you're into gore, watch Halloween Kills. I watched it last night, and holy fuck. (laughs) They went through a lot of fake blood on that movie, but... You know, I think it was an interesting experiment to do the the anthology thing, and in a way, I'm sad that it it didn't work out because I think the idea of having just like a new, fresh take on Halloween every year or so could have been a fun idea. Yeah, absolutely, could have been. And I think it's still a good idea, and I think someone should do it. Maybe I'll do it. Fuck you. No one take my idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you do it, but you. Um, you only have 48 hours to make each one. Fuck. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> uh, can I write the script in advance? No. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> improv. We'll do improv. <laughs> oh, every weekend you just improv a new Halloween movie. Well, it'll be a oneer. <laughs> if I have 48 hours, which is like improv a Halloween movie, if it's a oneer, I could do six or seven takes <laughs> yep if we're going for like an hour and a half movie and it cuts down on post time there you go yeah no um yeah i don't I, what, what do you want to rate it I'll, I'll read the while you're debating let me pull up the rotten tomatoes score actually sorry before we do that i want to read uh this new york times review oh that's right uh vincent this is by vincent canby he's and he struggles to provide uh, an, a definite label to the film's content he remarks halloween 3 manages the not easy feat of being anti-children anti-capitalism anti-television and anti-irish all at the same time <laughs> so i'm like wow yep oh yeah there's not a, there's not a lot to redeem this movie ultimately no ultimately not uh what do you think the rotten tomatoes score is um uh i'm gonna i'm gonna throw it to pretty i gonna, i feel like pretty bad i feel like pretty, well, it's not it's not terrible yeah. i'll say it's not terrible what is it like 37 oh so close oh. 39 39 oh that was really close 39 yeah uh so the critics consensus the audience score by the way is 27 so okay which is interesting because i've heard that this actually kind of has like a bit of a cult following like it's turned into a bit of like a bad shit always does yeah it turned into like a midnight movie kind of thing Hmm. Uh, but the critics consensus is it's lot it's laudable deviation from the series formula notwithstanding halloween 3 season of the witch offers paltry thrills and dubious plotting I think that's accurate. I think that's fair. Yep. Uh, what are you going to give it? I'm going to give it one big pile of shit. That is one big pile of shit. Honestly, there was a point when we were watching the movie where I was like, oh, I just realized that none of us have said anything or moved for like 30 minutes. Yeah. It's because we had nothing to remark on or react to. I think when I'm in this situation, it always kind of goes back to me where I'm like, would I watch this again with friends? Like That is, that is also something that I consider too. Yeah. I'm and like, I just did. And I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think I would either. So I think that's one big pile of shit for me as well. Yeah, sorry, Halloween three. I don't think I would be like, you know what, guys, let's put on Halloween three and have a good laugh. <laughs> yeah, it just I don't. No, I don't see it. No, happening. I I may watch this movie again years down the line because I forgot. <laughs> uh, but no, in terms of being like, yeah, that was a good time. Let's put it on on purpose. Doubt it. Um, 
so yeah, that kind of brings this episode to a close. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't forget to check the link in the description for the ASMR audiobook. Oh yeah, audio That's drama. Be good. That's gonna be good. Uh, that'll be in the link below. And until next time, we have a. Um, if you want to get in touch with the show, follow us on our socials. We got one link: linktr.ee/retrocrappod. Anything and everything you could ever want uh, is gonna be there. Also, last anything? episode: anything and everything. Wow! Your all your deepest deepest desires will be, as long as they're related to this podcast. Oh, will be. Well, never mind then. Yeah, sorry. There is that little caveat. <laughs> um, just gotta say that for legal reasons. Oh uh, yeah. But. Uh, uh, we did talk last week about doing a uh, uh, how we're starting up a little a little shop, to a little oh, yeah. secondhand media shop to yeah. try and uh, you know recoup some some costs. It costs money to host a podcast, and and you know we we do this for free because we love it. But uh, you know, just a little help paying the bills of hosting things, and you know I buy quite a bit of movies to to watch on the show, and so um the ones that I don't want to keep anymore for my own personal collection or because I've upgraded or I've just seen something cool when I'm out hunting that's going to go up on on this show it's called the retro shop tacular uh, <laughs> on Instagram so check that out um, by the time this episode goes up that account should be live and uh, a couple of items will be listed nice. on there as first what we're going to do is we're going to list the items on Instagram first mm, right if you like them you want to get them they'll be slightly cheaper and then after that they will go up on etsy so if you see something you like on instagram you want to snag it shoot us a dm pay through paypal we'll ship it out to you if not you got to go through etsy um and we talked about doing a giveaway uh of uh the steel dawn vhs oh yeah so we're gonna do that <laughs> so for that one uh the details will be on the retro shoptacular and the retro craptacular instagram um but basically follow both pages uh, and like the post and leave us a comment with your favorite Patrick Swayze film. Mm. And uh, we will pick a winner from that and we'll send you a Steel Dawn VHS tape. The very same one that we watched uh, for our episode last month. Yep. And uh, that'll it, it be... It has uh, been through my VCR. Yeah, it has. It has been. It's been through my VCR as well. I digitized it. Cute. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, that's uh, that's how we're going to do that. So, again, all those details will be up on uh, on the Instagram pages and the Retro Shop-tacular page will be added to the Linktree uh, link. So, just take a look there. And if you want uh, a sweet, sweet Patrick Swayze uh, VHS, you can get it. You can get it. You can watch it. You can see what all the fuss was about. If you have a VCR. <laughs> if you got a VCR. I mean, I feel like the people listening to this show have a VCR. Uh, yeah, probably maybe it's, maybe it's a very I feel like we're a very vcr friendly podcast <laughs> that's that's a good way of putting it yeah actually. yeah that covers a lot of bases right there yeah vcr friendly because i feel like i own a vcr you own a vcr of course if people share our interests chances of them also <laughs> owning a vcr pretty high so uh, and if not it's probably there's probably still one at your parents house go borrow theirs Probably, yeah. And I might and be it, able to thrift one as well. Oh, you dude, you can thrift them all the time. Yeah. I see them all the time at, at thrift shops, and they're never very expensive. Like, just buy a bunch. Keep them in your closet, and as soon as one dies, just... Yeah, for real. I mean, like, eventually they'll be extinct. Like, it'll happen yeah. eventually. Oh, yeah. Which is why anytime I find rare tapes and stuff like that, I'm I'm 
started like digitizing them. Good call. Yeah. So I, I've digitized Steel Dawn. I have it forever. That's not a good call, but that's fine. And I can pass on the tape to, to other people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, that's uh, I think that's the show. That's the show, for baby. For the month. Happy, happy Halloween. Happy, happy Halloween. <laughs> Damn it, Aaron. Uh, yeah. I'll just put it in one more, just one more little stinger of that song just right here, just in case everyone forgot. Happy, happy Halloween. That's in your brain no. forever now. Oh no 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 no! Um, we'll be back next month, which is November. It is the uh, oh oh I forgot I forgot uh, we we have a, a question. Oh, um, let's let's do. That. I'm so good at the show. I'm so I know. good at it. You really are. I'm not. Uh, I don't. I don't pick up any of the slack. <laughs> we got an email from someone named Carter. They didn't tell us where they were from. Oh well, hello um, Carter. Well, Carter, they, uh, Carter wants to know, what are some outdated movie tropes that you think should make a comeback? Hmm. I do have an answer because I saw this a couple days ago. So I've, I've been thinking about it a little bit. Well, so then please share. You want me to okay. share with the, with the um, I would like to see um, movie theme songs make a comeback. Oh, I think we've talked about that before. And, and not necessarily like... Uh, you know, like the James Bond, you know, the big like title sequence. Although title sequences are cool too, and they're way out of date. Not a lot of movies do them. In fact, most movies are putting the title card at the end of the movie now. Movies, oh yeah, that does happen a movies lot. Movies just kind of start. Like any Marvel movie, they'll show the Marvel logo, and then it's just you're into it. Mm-hmm. So title sequences would be cool, but movie theme songs in particular, like uh, I mean, Will Smith was notorious for them, right? Oh gosh, like you got your uh, um. Men in Black, Obviously. Wild Wild West, yep. Nod Your Head, Black Suits Coming for Men in Black 2, which might be the better Men in Black song. Yeah, I said it. Uh, Dream Hot Warriors. Uh, Dream Warriors? Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, Dream oh, Warriors yeah, by yeah, Dokken. Yeah. I'll put in a little clip of the thing right here, just enough that we won't get kicked off Spotify. <laughs> Yeah, that would be my pick. Movie theme songs. And then you can do the stupid music video that like vaguely ties in to the uh to the film itself. And it's I think it's best if it is the title of the movie. Yeah. Cuz you know like uh the Spider-Man, or Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie came out. They had that the song with Nickelback. The guy from Nickelback, and hero uh, save. Yeah. It's like, well that's not it's just a music video of him playing on a rooftop in New York, and you got <laughs> s- clips from the movie playing. I was like, no, I want a song called Spider-Man 2002. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Know, like that that kind of thing. That'd be fun. Oh, I have Flash Gordon is the best. Flash Gordon is a great example. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great example. Like, I knew that song long before I knew about the movie or had even seen it. Yeah. They've got two great movie themes under their belts because they also did uh, Highlander. Yeah, Highlander. Here so good. we are, born to be king. I was watching a watching a, like a, a nerdy game show where um, they were doing a special where they would start to play theme songs to live action TV shows, um, and whoever could guess it first like got the point. And here started playing, and I was like, the Highlander. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
Yeah. When I went to see Queen, they did not do Princes of the Universe, and I was a little bit upset. Oh. Yeah, well, it's too bad. They didn't do Flash or Princes of the Universe. I wonder if they own their internet. Whatever. Still, <laughs> it's still Queen. <laughs> still play it. Yeah, I guess. Anyway. What do you got? Uh, Anything you want to see make a comeback? I don't know. I'm like... I don't know. I'm. I. I. I, re- I really. I really like it when a movie sets up something that looks like it's gonna be a trope, but then they subvert my expectations. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think that I really have one that I'd want to see make a comeback. I just really like it when movies are like, "Oh, this is gonna happen," and then it doesn't. And then it doesn't happen. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I like to be tricked. Okay. But is that maybe is that in and of itself become a trope? Maybe. Of like oh, audiences, no. like in a post-scream world, are we? <laughs> Are we now trained to expect the unexpected and maybe doing the thing that you're told to expect? And then, you know, you're like, oh, uh, I'll be right back. You're like, oh, well, he's going to die. But wait, he won't die because that would be too obvious. And then he does die. Is that now subverting the subversion? Or is that bad filmmaking? <laughs> um. I think it's just bad filmmaking. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to go with that. <laughs> That's my answer. It's not a return to form. It's not a bold return to form. Nah. See, I feel like most of it just has to do with the press around it, right? Well. You could do you do something like that and be like, oh, it's a throwback to the films of yore. And it's like, well, no. They just did what we've been doing for a long time and didn't try to make it any better. Yeah. 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 So. Okay. All right. There you go, Carter. There's your answer. Yep. If you want to be cool like Carter, <laughs> uh, hit us up, retrocrappod at gmail.com. Uh, yeah. Any other link you need, linktr.ee slash retrocrappod. And that is it. We will be back next month with a movie. Mm, I like movies. I know you do. And that's why, specifically, I picked a movie that I know you will like. Oh, what is I, it? I, spicked, I picked it specifically for you. I'm not stalling for time Okay. to scroll through my phone. We are going to watch arena what is arena you might ask it's a vhs tape that i found in the thrift store where uh giant uh robots must fight giant aliens in an arena all it's right from the 80s it looks like trash we're gonna watch it awesome can't wait love it love it so that's <laughs> what we're gonna do next month uh for november we're almost done our fifth year Five years, wow. I know, and still so many movies we have to watch. We'll never, we'll never stop. We'll never stop. We've been doing this, this podcast. Can you imagine days. if we were like 60 and we still got together once a month to make this podcast? That would be special. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. That'd be very special. You see the thing with Electra? What? I said with Electra. Who's electric? It's, it's Daredevil's girlfriend. She died. Evil Knievel? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be funnier when we're actually 60. Trust me. <laughs> Stick around for that. Stick around for that. We got another 30-something years to get there. I'm going to reveal how old we are. 30-something. Mm, I love it big. Mm. I know you do. Just like so- Ellie. <laughs> Ugh. And with that, it's time to leave. Thanks so much for listening. (laughs) Keep watching crap. Really?